So today we'll continue in the guided loving-kindness meditation to add the next subject of loving-kindness, which is going to be dear friend, close friend. I just want to say a few things, though, about it. One is, um, in, in when we're guiding it from here, it probably, for hardly anybody, will, exact, will be in the rhythm that your own loving-kindness or metta-meditation would be. So we're just trying to show how to do it and give examples, but you know, don't try and fit your practice into the rhythm or even the phrases I say, but, but really making it your own, finding how you connect best with each subject of the metta and the phrases that really connect with you. So you play with the phrases, find ones that you can feel imbued with the meaning, and they might change by themselves as this practice goes on. So as you know, we, we will again begin with ourselves, and classically we always do that. And then I'll move on to the benefactor, and after that, the dear friend. In your own practice, find the rhythm that works for you. Some people um, have trouble finding a benefactor, especially in our culture, because it's hard to find someone that we don't know too much about, that we can just feel this spontaneous wishing well without kind of sliding into it. They're such a jerk sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it can be done. But if Some people really don't quite find that person, though. And so if you find you're really struggling now, then you can sort of skip that one and go to dear friend first and then come back to it. Because metta is really meant to be practiced in the way that's easiest for us, in the way that helps us get most in touch with generating the intention of wishing well. It's not like a test, you know. The faster you get to the difficult person, the better you're doing. That's not how it works. It's really about connecting with this feeling. So I'll do all the talking now so we can just go through the meditation. Dear friend is someone <clears throat> who you, you know more well than a benefactor, more really a friend, but someone that you would easily feel loving kindness for, easily wish well. And you focus on their lovable qualities. You know, you deliberately pick out the qualities that make you love them and wish well. You don't try and dig around and find the most awful thing. Really focus on what's lovable. I know, it always seems like cheating. We think it should be hard, but that's how it works. Again, with dear friend, it's for the, for the main subject of dear friend, the one to help us focus and develop uh, the concentration aspect of the practice it's really best not to choose someone that it's going to easily slide into sexual feelings. So don't choose your lover or your partner or anyone that that's going to easily slide into because it's just making it too difficult. It doesn't mean that we can never include our partner in the metta meditation. You know, It's just that as, as we go on, you might pick one subject for dear friend this evening as we work with it over the week, you might find two or three or four different dear friends. Each sitting, you might have a different one. I found for myself when I'm doing it intensively, I ended up with three benefactors 
and three dear friends, and I would sort of rotate. It would help uh, energize it. And then as you get a little more grounded in it, you might find over the week that you begin to connect with the dear friend. You're feeling the phrases are flowing. There's some sense of the feeling, connection with the person. And then maybe spontaneous, uh, spontaneously other people in your life might come in, your family, your lovers, other friends, and that's fine. You know, definitely we can include everyone from time to time. But you pick one or two or maybe three <laughs> altogether as your main focusing subjects. So it's just something to play with, but nobody's left out eventually. And in the, met- in the doing it, of course, there's three main areas, three main parts of it that we can bring the focus into, that we can sink into. One is, of course, the sense of the person, the sense of yourself, of the benefactor, the friend, really getting a living sense of the subject. The second is, of course, the phrases, really dropping the attention down into the phrases, feeling them. And the third is the feeling of love, loving kindness, that outpouring of loving kindness itself, which is out of our control. We can continue to repeat the phrases. Sometimes it'll be dead. Sometimes it'll be filled with hate. Sometimes it'll be imbued with loving kindness. That is out of our control, what comes. So we just notice it. If there is the loving feeling, you can really not hold on to it but focus on it, drop into it, let it expand. You know, let it get as big as it needs to, and that can become the focus. Very tricky not to hold on to it, though, and try and keep it going. When the feeling isn't there, you can focus on the phrases and on the sense of the person. And if the sense of the person starts to get hazy, notice that it can often lead to a kind of a um, kind of losing the potency of the meditation, and you might want to refocus in some way. Like I would visualize the person in different attitudes that I had known them in, you know, and kind of bring it alive again. So you find it's, it's really a practice, and we're playing with it, and just discovering what brings this intention of metta alive for yourself. It's not something to grade yourself on. And of course, knowing that it brings up its near enemy, attachment, so easily, and the far enemy, which is really anger and hatred. None of that's a mistake if it comes up. Notice it. If it's really strong, be with it with Vipassana, mindfulness for a bit, and then again come back to the phrases. So letting yourself get as comfortable as possible while still sitting erect. And just begin by focusing on the breath, on the body. Let yourself land here. Know that you're present. And we'll begin again with ourselves. See, whatever way you can get a kind of a living sense of yourself, Some people, it's a a sense of of your body, 
your emotional body as you're sitting here, immediate contact. Some people it might be an inner image of yourself. Some people um, connect better to a sense of themselves as a small child at whatever age comes up. There's, there's no right or wrong here. Connect with yourself. And begin to give rise to imagining that feeling of real kindness, of genuine caring for yourself without judgment or expectation. And out of that, let the phrases begin to arise in the mind and really be in each word of each phrase, imagining what that feeling, what that phrase means. The ones I say may very well not be ones that connect for you. Let them go and connect with your own phrases. And for that reason, I'll say a few and then be quiet for a while. May I be free from inner and outer danger. The inner danger of ignorance, fear, and hatred. The outer dangers from other people's ignorance, fear, and hatred. May I live with mental happiness. May I live with physical happiness. Or may I be healthy and strong. May I live with ease of well-being or simply live with ease in this world. Some people find a way to connect with themselves is to send the loving kindness to your body part by part, starting with the head, repeating the phrases, the face, the neck, 
the shoulders, and part by part, really feeling each part, appreciating it, sending it love. For other people, just staying with the phrases in the sense of yourself is more potent. Seeing if you can connect with the meaning of the words, but also to the fact that you are the recipient of this loving intention, and you let it in. May I be free from danger. May I have inner happiness. May I be healthy and strong. May I live with ease of well-being.
And when you feel ready, and moving the (coughs) intention of loving kindness to your benefactor, person who's helped you, who you truly wish well. And if the benefactor is easier for you, shift when you like. If it's harder, you can stay with yourself. And again, getting a sense, whether it's kinesthetic or visual, memory of this person. Dropping your attention into each word, repeating the phrase. See if you can feel the meaning each time you repeat it. And don't worry what else comes up or where the mind wanders. Just gently but consistently come back again into the phrases. It's a gentle practice. May you be free from inner and outer danger. May you live with inner happiness. May you live with physical happiness. May you have ease of well-being, or may you live with ease in this world.
And when you're ready, bringing into heart or mind the felt sense, the visual sense of a dear friend, maybe someone specific you've thought about, maybe someone just presents themselves. And working with having a sense of them, and again the phrases, Focusing on their lovable aspects. See if you can, can really feel how you wish this person happiness, peace, ease in this life. And when you lose the thread, can, can use the phrases as sort of the anchor coming back again and see if you can feel their meaning and again sharpen the focus on the dear friend. be happy. May you be peaceful. May you live with ease in this world.
And just for a moment, see if you can now extend the same wishes of loving kindness to the person on either side of you or in front and behind you. May you be free from danger. May you have inner happiness. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease of well-being. And if it works for you, letting this loving energy extend outwards in all directions, boundlessly, wishing for all beings just what we wish for ourselves. In the same way, may all beings be happy. Boundless radiation of loving kindness May all beings be peaceful. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering and confusion. There's just a couple minutes if you have any questions about the metta or the instructions so far, doing it in your daily practice. He said, he understood me to say if, the, if you feel the feeling of the loving kindness really flowing, you could drop into that and leave out the pervasions and the images of the person. Um, you can at times, it, it, uh, especially not doing it 
uh, as a full-time concentration practice, but doing it maybe an hour or some periods here or there during the day. If you feel the energy very strongly, you can drop into it and just let it expand of itself and really focus on that, and that's fine. But just be aware because it's very easy then to just be kind of hanging out and it's not really the loving-kindness energy anymore and it loses the, the focus and the energy. So you might just from time to time drop in the phrase or reconnect with the image. You know, experiment for yourself and see. For some people, the length of the phrases get so cumbersome that they hardly, after some time, just drop in a word or just the feeling of it, and that's fine. For other people, the phrases are really the thing that brings the power and the potency. So, it, and the same with the images. You know, it's different for different people. And again, dropping into the feeling is different from trying to keep it going. You know, and it's very, very tricky in there because. Being fully with it absorbs it, but you're not trying to push it to keep going. Right, I noticed some of that going on. Yeah. Well, so you notice some of it going on, so we should not do that. (laughs) I mean, we will. Just notice that's what you're doing, and it's different from just dropping into the phrase, dropping into the image. Yeah. It's a whole dance. Okay, one more. You're doing it during the day? As right, okay. What have you been doing when you notice that? That really worked, I'm sure. <laughs> Could you hear her, people? No? She's doing metta as a full-time practice, and she says she knows when the concentration gets strong, it's almost as if she's afraid of it. She kind of pulls back somehow. How do you notice the pulling back? Mm-hmm. Do you actually notice the sense of fear, or is that an extrapolation? What I would do at that point, whenever anything strong comes up, I would just for a moment turn to Vipassana. And just at, not trying to figure it out, but at that point of pulling back, just open up with a kind of you know, clear seeing and just see what's there. What's happening? I actually find that from the focus of the metta, when there's something else going on, you can really kind of zero in on it in a vipassana way. There's just that kind of focus that's much more steady. So first I would do that, see what's there. If nothing's there and it's just drifting, then just be with it as it is. Don't worry about it. Go back. Okay, so it pulled back. You just keep saying the phrases. You keep connecting to the image. you know, And you don't try and make the feeling be there. But notice that it's bouncing off and just keep going and it'll change. Okay, you have to stop. Um, I trust you noticed the change of schedule on the board.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.